Welcome to Noise Central, uh, the podcast where two working class Americans have an honest weekly dialogue about current events and the importance of an informed citizenry. Culture wars, tribalism, echo chambers, and noise from the political fringes have dominated the national conversation to our detriment. Noise Central, presented by Zach and Wade, will attempt to provide an informed alternative perspective to the modern orthodoxy of media and politics. So I think what inspired this project is uh, that yeah, I, we a little talk, background. We, yeah. yeah, we talk about this stuff a lot, just day to day, and I feel like uh, the, you know the fringes are the loudest voices mm-hmm. in the political conversation on social issues, financial issues. It always has to be one side or the other, and they are extremes. And I often feel kind of alienated for being a little in the center or being willing to listen to both sides of an argument. Yeah, I mean, with the way uh, <clears throat> with the way things seem to go nowadays is you're, you know, so we, we both live in Los Angeles. Yes. And pretty much if you're not, you know, wholly liberal mm-hmm. on everything, you know, you're not a part of the... Uh, the left, you know, you're not a part of the echo chamber that is out here. Yeah. And I find there's, I take issue with that because it's not smart to have only one side of the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, out here, everyone shouts down anyone who's on the other side. And on, if you're on the other side, you always seem to shout down that side. And it becomes this cyclical thing where people on the left avoid the people on the right. Yeah. They, they'll never meet in the middle. There's never any conversation. There's never anything that continues to grow or to do. You know, there's no uh, bipartisan conversation. There's no, there's no talking about it anymore. There's no learning or, yes. or listening, which is the most important. Uh, you know, things get really reactionary. An mm-hmm. issue comes up, and then both sides pick their, their argument for, for or against or on this side or that side, and then they insist that their teams fall in line wholeheartedly. But I think that happens too quickly, and people are missing the nuance of the conversation. Yeah. And, and, and I know that this is going to turn people off. Because some issues, maybe there's not nuance on. Maybe it's pretty cut and dry. Sure, and we're yeah. not, not going to pull punches on that stuff. But I do think that a lot of people out there do think, you know, like us. Or, or are willing to just think in terms of ideas and less yeah. in terms of ideology. Yeah. And we wanted to add some voices to the center. Yeah, and see, the thing is, so, uh, as, as Wade was saying, we, we work together. And on a daily basis, we're always fucking discussing the same the same shit about what's going on in the world or we'll we'll listen to something and we both end up listening to the same podcast and then discuss it and tie it back to what's going on and uh, I think recently um, one of the things that helped spurn this desire to go down this road is we were listening to Eric Weinstein on Joe Rogan mm-hmm. and he said you know I wish there were more brave centrists people who were rational people who would you know, kind of stray towards the middle and at least discuss and hear both sides because you're not getting anywhere if you're shouting down the other side or if you're stuck in your own bubble. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, because of that, we're like, you know what, dude, we fucking harp on the same shit every day. We, we, we argue, well, not argue, but discuss ad nauseum and more and more it's turned out that like, my God, I think we're just educated centrists. Yeah. Who just want to see a better America. Yeah. And, and and I think it also relates to a, I guess, thirst for knowledge. 
whatever it is, just yeah. a willingness to understand things better. I can't yeah. take what I hear at face value, and I'm not crying fake news, but let's let's be real. Like, Fox gives you one side, MSNBC mm-hmm. gives you one side. You look at Drudge Report, you look at HuffPo. There's different slants to it. That's yes. undeniable, and you, uh, you'd be remiss to not consider that maybe it's uh, there's an agenda there. Yes. To some degree. Like, yes. Uh, I mean, honest journalism, but, you know, there's a profit incentive now. It's about clicks. It's about attention. So you want the most salacious story. You want to get people riled up and angry because that's what gets their attention. But that's also disingenuous. If you just objectively tried to give the facts on a situation, which, I don't know, maybe that did happen 40 years ago. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel like uh, it, it has definitely gotten a lot more heated and less tolerant. So that's uh, that's kind of our goal here is to just sort of unpack this. You know, people need to learn more. People need to pay closer attention to what's going on so we can really discuss ideas. Yes. Not people, not teams. We need to come up with ideas to fix the mess we're in. Because I think we all agree that we're in a bit we're of a mess. We're in a motherfucking mess. Yeah. yeah. Something needs to change. We've We've strayed. We've gone down a path that's not working for most working class people so uh that's the goal is to just kind of talk about what we learned try to hash it out with sincerity Mm -hmm. and be reasonable about it and uh you know maybe take a deep dive on some issues that are near and dear to us or that are extremely or interest us yeah yeah Yeah, something relevant you know the whole thing is is something's wrong Mm -hmm. something is definitely fucking wrong and i think there's no harm in discussing what's going on. And, you know, as you stated earlier, this probably won't be for everybody. And whatever. You know, we just want to get to the bottom of ideas and discuss. You know, we're... And again, as you stated earlier, a thirst for knowledge. A thirst for knowledge, the best way to internalize things you read or heard or learned is to discuss out loud. Is to speak it into the world and learn to form your thoughts and talk about it. And so this in and of itself is a learning experience for us. Yeah. You know, and we're not, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm going to be a hundred percent correct. It, no, you can't be exactly, <laughs> you know? And so that's why this whole process is going to be not only fun, but hopefully informative and, you know, hopefully we can get somewhere yeah. and figure out how to fix what the fuck is wrong. Yes. And I think ultimately the goal is just to uh, just to talk about it and to be heard and to have that freedom to discuss an idea. Yeah. You know, to you, the listener, we're not going to hit, we're not going to check off all your boxes. We might say something that does offend you or that you don't instantly agree with. It's not the intention to offend. The intention is just to have the conversation. Express and have the conversation. Because, again, that's something that seems to be becoming rarer and rarer. Like, you know, oh, I'm not going to listen to a Nazi. Like, oh, okay, but not everyone, let's say, who votes... Republican is a Nazi, for example. Yeah. Therefore, if you're writing off listening to them, you legitimize them not listening to the left, and then you're just digging, exactly. your, digging your heels in, and like, I don't like that kind of identity politics. So, yes. Yeah, we're just going to try to <laughs> hash it out as sincerely as we can, and, you know, naturally we're going to have a slant too, but uh, the goal is just to talk about it, and it's not about picking sides. It's Cor- just just yeah. information. Just information and discussion, and I think. Um, and, and if I will say, if you have some thoughts or issues, you can email us at noisecentralpod at gmail dot com. Yeah. And so, you know, feel free to let us know um, if we piss you off or if you don't like something. 
Or if you have resources. Yeah, or something where we can, yeah. Yeah, if there's something we're mistaken about or that we could learn more about, please share that with us. If there's something that you would like to hear us discuss or you're curious about, like, we're we're very open to having that conversation. Yeah, and fuck it. If, If you're super fucking informed, you know, we'll Skype you in. Why not? Yeah, you know, really, why I not? would more than happy to. Um, and, you know, and I think the beauty of this is, is we both have an, an, a, a unique uh, perspective. Somewhat. Yeah, we're, we're kind of playing devil's advocate with each other when we do have these conversations yeah. daily. Yeah, you know, and uh, I'm a young Jew from Los Angeles, born and raised. And I grew up in Texas, uh, spent 30 years there in a yeah. pretty libertarian family. And, uh, yeah, I've been around those people my whole life. Exactly. Went to college, moved here, you know, went a little little center. I, I, I don't personally like to identify, and for the sake of this project, Me either, I yeah. think it's prudent to. But that's yeah. just, you know, that's our background. That's the those background. The environments yes. that shaped us. So here we are. Yeah. Um, and so I guess we – no, I guess let's get into it. And so I think yeah. we're going to start with a little rundown. Yeah, just some of, of the, the week, the some stories, hits. things yeah. that struck out to us. So it's July twelfth when we're recording this. Uh, you want to go first? Sure. Um, I think uh, a little shout out to the U.S. women's national team. Ah, yes, winning uh, World Cup second time in a row, right? Second time in a row. Yeah. And uh, what's brilliant is, you know, it's a real testament for equal pay for the women's team. You know, because uh, <clears throat> right now the men get paid way more. Mm-hmm. For their time on the uh, in FIFA, the winners of the men's World Cup get something like a million dollars each. Let's say wow. if you're a, if you're on the winning women's team, they get paid you know two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Whoa! So there's a huge pay disparity. Yeah. I will, however, say that the percentage of money that comes in for the men's team is greater, and they get a. a uh, they get a smaller percentage if you were to take the winnings that a winner of the te- of the, uh, the winning team would get and divide it into the total money earned for the sponsorship or the the event. Um, the women get a larger percentage of the winnings in comparison to the product sold, the advertising, okay. and all of that for each event. So, I mean, you can make that argument, but I will just say that. Mm-hmm. Pay these girls. Yeah, that's no, no, a great incentive. <laughs> they won. As, uh, you know, as U.S. citizens. Yeah. Like, way to represent, ladies. Yeah. You know, it's cool. I was uh, over the holiday weekend. I just happened to be in front of a TV when that oh, game nice. was on, and I saw the two goals. It was a great game. It was oh, amazing. nice. You know, like in a, in a football, football, soccer game, you know, mm-hmm. they're long, and sometimes there's no points, but to see one. And see, but you know, it was I, great. I don't know what the end score was. I saw, oh, nice. I saw the two goals yeah. get scored. It was just though. the two. Okay, yeah. Then yeah. I, I saw the highlights in real time. Um, wow, that's cool. you know, I was up at I was I think I had to get up at six or seven to watch it here, oh. and so you were you were in in Tejas. Yeah, that's right. so you had a more reasonable bit of time. a jump on <laughs> for that. Sure. Um, yeah, and then. Uh, uh, what do you got? You yeah, wanna... sure. Uh, no one one thing. Uh, tangentially related to something we talk about a lot was the court ruling that the president uh, cannot block people on Twitter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was interesting because this, this kind of goes into the, uh, the, you know, the echo chamber discussion that we have a lot. That you If you disagree, yeah. you get blocked. Yeah, you can't silence your critics. Uh, 
And I guess there's there's a distinction here because Trump often announces official political business on Twitter. Uh, you know, clearly he's using it a ton. This is kind of new yeah. as an American new to territory. Have, a, have a president that's so actively using a social media platform that isn't super old. And uh, I thought it was interesting, too, because I guess very recently the same situation came up with uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Mm-hmm. That she also, you know, there's people trying to litigate her because she has blocked her critics as well. Yeah. And that sort of lends itself to, uh, is it just for presidents? Is it for senators and congressmen? Is it if you're in public office? I, I lean towards, if you're in public office, I think, you know, you can't silence the haters, good or good for better or for worse. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess that's where we're at. Yes. I never thought I would be saying that, but, you know, let's say you don't want to listen, and, you know, I mean, you can just change the channel. If it's yeah. television, so you don't have to go to AOC's page or the president's page. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have something you want to say, I mean, as long as it's not death threats. Yeah. And and sadly, it comes back to uh, this is a symptom of the greater problem that uh, mm-hmm. I feel that Internet speech. I don't <clears throat> I don't say I don't think it should be regulated, you know, free speech forever, all the way. Sure. No, no compromise. Yeah. But. Let's say you were to call up uh, Trump or Cortez on the phone and say, you know, you're going to die. I'm going to, you know, you make these awful threats, then they just hang up. On that's you. a crime. Yeah. You know, and there's a phone number that they can trace in an address where they can say, hey, you made a death threat. That's totally illegal. And there's an accountability for it. But with the social media platforms, there's not. You can do it anonymously and, you know, they'll just ban you because it's a private business. It's not you know, mm-hmm. like a telephone company where there's federal rules regulating it so i mean we, we all know the internet's kind of a wasteland yeah or that uh you get a lot of reactionary anonymous just uh you know vomit just, just <laughs> what, what do you call it word vomit people sure word vomit i think that i think i've heard that okay. i know what you're trying to say yeah i might have the wrong term yeah but uh no it's just interesting that you know and, and i'm happy that uh he's not able to block his critics obviously civil discourse yeah. via social media is a rarity this is like Ha- uh, heckling mm-hmm. at sports games. Yeah. You know, I-, I don't think you can yell at the batter, you know, I'm going to fucking kill you or I hope you're, you know, I wish your mother got an abortion. Like, fucked up things like that really yeah. aren't things you should be saying. Mm-hmm. But I think you can say that, you know, your pants are a little too tight or you look weird in those colors. Okay. You know, like, this is just nice stuff, but just make him think about you. Yeah. While he's in the batter's box. Mm-hmm. I think that's fine, you know. Uh, and and I think if more people... Because when you're at a baseball game, that's you, baby. You're there. People mm-hmm. see you. Yeah, there's witnesses to yeah. whatever, whatever thing you want to yell or say. Exactly. So, you know, some accountability. Exactly. You know, and so, setting. yeah, and that's, that's how that should be, I think, on the internet. Yeah. You know, let's get some names. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, Cal Drogo 7. You know, <laughs> saying, I think you should die, AOC. It's like, oh, well, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's cool or, you know. Yeah. I th- that quickness to just go negative and do the troll thing. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we've all at some point been guilty of that kind of judgment. But when you put it out in the public space, you're sort of deteriorating that uh, that avenue for communication. Like, it would yeah. be nice if you could post to uh, the president or a congressman's Twitter account and have it be valid just a you know Mm -hmm. okay there's a lot of people are saying this therefore i'm going to listen to it instead of 
people overreacting and getting violent and vulgar and getting blocked. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's a discussion and a solution that would you know yeah require a long discussion. But I just, I thought it was interesting. I think it's great. I and, think that's uh, pretty fucking awesome, especially with how you know our president does not pull punches with his uh, he doesn't have a filter on Twitter. You know, he says yep. says what comes to mind. Arguably, some crazy stuff, and uh, uh-huh. you know, if anything, I don't. I don't think it's healthy that he should just be able to block his critics. I agree. Because, uh, you know, it, you could argue that he is in a bit of an echo chamber of his own. That he yeah, just, you know, Fox plug, and plugs his and ears whenever anybody has whoever's around him bad to say about him. Yeah, so just, uh, you know, for, for the listening yes. aspect of what we're trying to promote here. Yes. that's Let's call it a win. I think it's a win. A little sure. accountability. Yeah. Um, so I think something... So... Back during 2016, during that election, there were these commercials about global warming and, you know, in support of Democrats. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> they were these commercials, these political ads were hosted by Tom Steyer. And I remember thinking, this guy's going to run for fucking office. Can you uh, tell, remind me and the listener who Tom Steyer is in case? So Tom Steyer is a California billionaire. Don't actually know how he got his money. Okay. But um, he he has definitely been in the public eye. Since 2016, he's been posting commercials about, um, you know, impeach Trump. And he's been posting a lot of global well, – no, I don't want to say posting. He's been buying ad space. He's been buying ad space, promoting impeaching Trump or global warming, and he's very, very pro-Democrat, and this was going on during the 2016 election up until now. And I remember watching these commercials thinking, this dude's going to run for office because it's fucking genius. He has the money to buy the ad space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the time, he wasn't running for anything, but he was saying, you know, paid for by Tom Steyer. And it's like, that's Tom Steyer. And I thought, dude, this is sick name recognition. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. Good for fucking you if you have the money, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, why not? It's just fucking ad space. And so, <clears throat> uh, so anyway, he, this week he announced that he's going to run. Shocking. Uh, and I think that'll be interesting. Although, I don't think he has the greater than 1% support that he needs to get into the September and October debates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a little late to the game. Now, I don't know if you want to jump there already. But Ross Perot was pretty late to the game. Yeah, we're definitely going to uh, dive into benevolent billionaires <laughs> who, who do have, uh, you know, good policy ideas. Good thoughts, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, if you just want to jump into it, let's get to it. All right, fuck it. Yeah, so also every week we're thinking about choosing a topic to discuss longer than just the some of the hits of the week mm-hmm. if you will and so this week we thought because of the whole uh, yeah ross perot passed away uh yeah i forget a few couple exact, days maybe, ago maybe the ninth you know recently yeah. within the last week or so from yeah. leukemia and uh you know i thought oh ross perot i haven't heard that since in the, a long time <laughs> I'm, I'm a little older than zach so yeah. i do remember watching some of the debates and being aware of his oh presence, wow nice how that you know they parodied him on saturday night live and oh ross perot like he's you know we all had a good laugh but i was too young to understand the policy and uh you know after his passing i thought hey let's let's look into that let's look into third party candidacy how 
how it used to work, how it currently works. Uh, you know, obviously we haven't had a third party candidate get any traction recently. And, you know, as people who kind of disavow the, uh, the dogma of a left and right or nothing. Oh, the political machines. Like, politi- yeah. 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 Like the, the two party system is, uh, I, I've been harping you know, on for years that we need, you know, I wish we just had a parliamentary system. Yeah. You know, so we could get that 1% of that one fucking person in there, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and and it would be uh, insincere to not just out ourselves up front that we do think that our government is pretty corrupt, that the whole money in politics, that both sides are taking all kinds of yes. corporate donations and lobbyists. I, I think lobbying is bribery, and yes. I don't think that there's enough of a voice for the citizen you know, yeah, one hundred percent. The the biggest topics for me are: you need to get the goddamn money out of politics. Mm-hmm. You need term limits. Yes. Um. Yeah, I had a third earlier this morning. I'm completely fucking blanking on electoral it. college. Maybe. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm fine with abolishing the electoral college too. Yeah. But I mean, those are those are my my two biggest points, and I think it's interesting that. Uh, you know, and that that breaks the two party system, at least mm-hmm. the way it has been for a while. Yeah. You know, and um, you know Ross Perot. So, <clears throat> as we know, he there was a connection of Ross Perot with Tistier being a late entry candidate, mm-hmm. and um, you know he. What I really liked about him was, <laughs> is he had things where he said, if we would just get together and put our differences aside, and ask. Is it good for our country? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it sounds crazy that that's how that should be, but that's all I really want. Just is it is it good or is it good for you? You know, fucking decide. And he thinks that Congress needs to be held accountable for the enormous debt. Um yeah, he was big on the balanced budget. A lot of uh politicians were big on that. They don't seem to talk about it so much anymore. Despite yes. the debt being out of control at this point. It's fucking crazy, yeah. So, and, and also, um, Ross Perot said he wanted to curb political action committees and ban soft money um, in electoral college. Mm-hmm. Uh, he thinks health care money is not, um, is not being spent correctly. And so, you know, I mean, that's, that's pretty big for me. He wanted to get rid of all... PACs. He wants to turn over excess campaign funds to the U.S. Treasury. Nice. Vote on weekends instead of Tuesdays. <laughs> For real. Why isn't that a national holiday? Well, it is in other countries. And I think why is it keeps the voter ship down. It keeps the poor working class people who can't afford to miss to take work the on day a Tuesday off. from voting. To yeah, vote. No, yeah. it's ridiculous. Like, exactly. America, could we agree on that? The, the, the day yeah. that we vote... The one true right that we all have to voice in in, in our democracy that mm-hmm. that should be a holiday that no mm-hmm. you know you shouldn't have to work that day you should be able to show up and yeah and and, and for the for the record he he ran in ninety two mm-hmm. and so the, all, a lot of these ideas happened between ninety two and two thousand and you know he was the first po- he was in the first post Cold War election which I think is something of of note interesting. Yeah. Right. Cause Mr. Was, Gorbachev. Yeah, it was Tear Reagan, down these walls. And Bush. Uh, Bush Sr. Bush Sr. And yeah, I guess yeah. this was the next one. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even put it into a time context. You want to know what I found the most shocking about his uh, run in 92? 
that he received eighteen point nine percent of the popular vote. Yeah, it's over tw- almost twenty million votes, and did not get a single electoral college mm-hmm. number. So that's, that's kind of that's where the system is messed up. This dude had almost twenty percent of the votes of the but, country. But technically, since we work on the electoral college system, he had zero votes. Mm-hmm. That's kind of messed up. The whole winner take all thing. Something there. There's something yeah. wrong there. Obviously, uh, you know, districting, like gerrymandering, that's its whole thing. You know, put your own uh, ideology aside. But, like, it, one it, vote. It dilutes the voice of the individual, right? I understand why they did it in 1776. Mm. You know, I get it. But... Why do you get it? It's like new country. You, <clears throat> couldn't, you couldn't trust people yet? Or? Yeah. I think that's it, you know. I don't think they were ready to quite understand if more immigrants came, you know, if they understood how to run America in 1776, what their core values were. Mm. You know, and I think people came to America with different sort of ideals and ideas. And so at the time, I think it made sense, partly because everyone that came over was a goddamn Puritan. Mm. You know, so you, I don't think you were really thinking that it was going to get to this point where people in a state are going to have wildly different ideas, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just like, I mean, cause if you're a Republican in California, you're never going to get your voice heard ever, yeah. you know? And I think there's something there. I think there's something wrong with that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, shoot, that would explain why, you know, more progressive minded kids from red states have all moved to the cities. Yep. And, uh, yeah, just like un- that, that, that unwillingness for compromise that I guess if you're stuck in a blue state, you're going to have really blue policies and you're not going to like them mm-hmm. if you're a you know, right-wing person. And same with the reverse. Like, you would rather live somewhere where, you know, your dogma is going to be sort of forced upon the entire citizenry instead of considering alternate ideas that maybe aren't so yeah. so far-leaning. Far <clears throat> but, uh Anyway, back to Ross Perot. So, yeah, the Electoral College system, kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. I do think he qualified for the, uh, I mean, obviously, if you got almost 20% of the vote, he qualified. You have to win 5%. Did he run as an independent, though? Vote. I thought he ran as a... I, did, or, I thought he did run as an independent. God, I may have wrote a reform, reform party. Reform party, okay. But, you know, he had... Well, then there you go, yeah. Yeah, he had the uh, credibility to get on the ballot in all 50 states. Which is amazing. That's got to be the best that a third-party candidate's done since yeah. Teddy Roosevelt. Yo, damn near overnight, by the way. So the way he announced is he went on Larry King and said, Larry King asked him, are you planning on running for president? And to which he replied, well, if the people want me to, you know, if they go out and get signatures and put me on the ballot, then yeah, I'll run. Yeah, it was if he could get on the ballot, he yeah. would run. Yeah. Nice. Motherfucker did. Uh, he, go ahead. Oh, no, I just uh, I, I found the part in my notes where I saw his policy ideas or his platform, and it's okay. it's, it's just astounding. Uh, well, not, not astounding, just I guess a little more centrist and level-headed, things that people don't talk about. So surprisingly enough, uh, he was pro-choice, supported Planned Parenthood, especially mm-hmm. thought that poorer people should have access to, you know, poor women should have access to health care. Uh, he was. He wanted to expand Medicare to all, cover all Americans. Mm-hmm. He did believe that you should increase taxes on the wealthy while cutting spending to cut off the national debt. He had like a thirty-year plan to eliminate it, which mm-hmm. you know, obviously, we see how that's gone. 
You know, raise marginal taxes on the wealthy, decrease capital gains tax to foster long-term thinking, Agreed. increase taxes on the wealthy, rich people should pay higher taxes. Like, this dude was all, like, nailing it. Yeah, tax cuts from small and medium-sized businesses, but kind of end the, yeah, end the corporate welfare and the capital gains tax. Mm-hmm. Wanted a massive redistribution from wealthy to poor. Mm-hmm. Um, Which this is something that's really contentious. Because the second you bring up redistribution of wealth, yeah. people think like, oh, you're advocating for communism. And mm-hmm. let's not forget that post-World War II, there was almost a 90% tax rate on the highest earners in the country. Exactly. Like that whole New Deal and super huh. high tax Wait, rates. Like- what, but that person who brought about those really high tax rates and you know the government reform, mm-hmm. that was who, Wade? That was FDR, the tyrant president. Oh, my God. That's yeah. right. A tyrant. And what did he, what was he running on initially? Wasn't he a third party? Third party? I honestly don't remember. Oh, he was. He was the Bull Moose party. No, that's Teddy. Oh, I'm an idiot. God damn it. Teddy was earlier. God bless Teddy, by the way. But he was also a third party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. My bad. I thought that's where we were going. But I guess the thing is, is (laughs) people are like, oh, you want to raise taxes on the super wealthy. Like, we're not talking about you, average working class American. We're talking about people with billions of dollars. And uh, to put billions into context, I'm going to rehash an exercise from earlier. This really, okay, so so a million dollars, right? It's a lot to, to, you know, you and me. It's a lot of money. A million dollars is a fuckload of money. It doesn't seem like a lot depending on where you live, but it'll get you there. It, it can start off, uh, you know, it'll open crazy opportunities. Now, a billion dollars, oh, that's a that's a whole shitload of money. Like, you can't even imagine how much that is. So, let's just take the numbers in terms of seconds. Mm-hmm. So, a million seconds is 11 and a half days, right? So, it's a little less than two weeks, all right? A billion seconds is over 31 years, that's a huge disparity. A billion is a thousand million. Yep. Okay. So if you want to tax somebody who has a billion dollars, they're going to be fine. That's a lot of fucking Even money. Even if you tax them at 90%, guess what? They still have $100 million. If they if they earned a billion that year, they still get to walk away with $100, 100 million. million. And like, oh, that's theft. That's 90% of their money. But how are they going to spend that money? What are they going to do with it? That's resources that arguably, like, you know, I don't want to sound commie or socialist, but we did this already. Mm-hmm. We did this in the 40s, and it saved the country. It got us out of the Depression, and it sort of paved the way for, I don't know, the American way of life. Yeah. The kind of great generation, like the boomers, thrived on this. Cheap education. Yeah, infrastructure projects. Infrastructure. Investment in America, affordable housing, health care, like... If you're opposed to socialism, then you're kind of shitting on what made this country great after the Second World War. And that's what's crazy to me is how can the and you know, forgive me for calling them out, the boomer and the silent generation, how can they say, Oh, well, you know, you can't have Bernie because he's a democratic socialist and socialism is bad. Mm. And it's like, dude, the thing that got you to get that union job to live a life of relative luxury or safety rather i don't want to say luxury but a life where you could get a job no college education work in a factory and make enough fucking money to support you and your family and buy a house and go and have your kids you know go to school if they want all of these things all of these things that are not accessible now i have a fucking college degree 
and I'm not making the same amount of money as someone who works in a manufacturing plant. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, some of the I, I watched a thing, the New York Times with the Weekly, where a um, Lordstown GM plant worker makes eighty five thousand dollars a year. I don't make that much. That's great money. And that sounds great. And that's that in and of itself is a middle America sort of old 1940s. That's a dream right there. Yeah. Manufacturing like that was something that got America going. And and it helps because of this, you know, high tax rate on the wealthy. We need to take that money and help the motherfucking people out. Yeah. What happened? Well, and if I may, going off of, uh, I'm, I'm reading Rousseau's The Social Contract. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whatever. That, another point of this is that we're just going to try to educate ourselves classically and in terms of what's going on today. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah, just the notion that, that that will always be the trend, right? Like when you have a society, there will always be an accumulation of wealth mm-hmm. that just increases. That's what happened before the Great Depression in the Gilded Age, right? There was huge yeah. income disparity. And then the market crashed, and then there was a recognition that, okay, we have to course correct this because the country works best when the most of us are doing well. And it doesn't mean that the super smart, the super industrious tycoons can't also do well. They just they can't make a killing while the rest of us are struggling to make a living. Yes. Well said. Well said. Um, I believe I'm quoting a Phantom Planet song. <laughs> my God. <laughs> California, baby. California. Um, I loved the OC. My my favorite third party candidate, if I will, in Please. doing this research, is motherfucking Ralph Nader. So much integrity. I I'm I'm gonna be honest. I I've known about Ralph Nader. Mm-hmm. I've heard him talk with Gnome and all of that, you know, and some things but it never really occurred to me what's going on and then i heard him i so i googled him for this specific purpose of this podcast um and i watched him do an interview with a british interviewer in 1976 and he was fucking nailing it nailing all the problems that are going on right now and talking about it, you know, by asking, what right do these con- corporations have to inflict silent killers on the populations? E.g., you know, um, pollution mm-hmm. and shit like that and things in the soil. He was a big proponent of auto safety, solar energy, consumer rights, all in 1976. Mm-hmm. He wanted to audit the taxes being paid by people. He called... Um, he said, I call it a bribe. I would eliminate private political contributions in elections and have it be all tax funded. What yeah. the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? 40 fucking years ago, Ralph Nader was nailing everything I ever wanted. <laughs> yeah, and I encourage the listener, just check out his Wikipedia page. Just look at his platform. Yeah, just read about him. God. <laughs> I don't see much of what he has to say as problematic. He, he has, he was he was pro-choice. So the government didn't have a choice in it. Um, you know, saying things that like. Uh, I'll just glancing at some of my platform points: universal health care, affordable housing for education, workers' rights, increasing the minimum wage to a living wage, getting away with the three strikes rule for nonviolent mm-hmm. crime offenders, legalizing commercial hemp. 
putting the tax burden more on corporations than on the middle and lower classes. Like, this is just to, – to someone like me, this is common sense stuff. Yes, if things that we need. If you want to have a discussion need. about how to pay for it, I'll have that discussion. But again, I refute to my 1940s era tax policy Please. that allowed yeah. the country to be as great as it is. Exactly. Dude, things like democracy, democracy is gone when elections are commercialized. Corporations control government that defines fascism. That is one takeaway I had from my high school education is when they said, oh, well, fascism is when you have the corporate and the political power working in tandem to control everything. Hmm. And I don't want to just, you know, I don't want to do that Godwin's Law thing and say, oh, America's a fascist country. But let's be real. The corporations Yo, do have all the power. If you put a blindfold on, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you just started listing what's going on and comparing it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, there's no detention camps, shit like that, but... I mean, there is at the border. Oh, actually, yes. There are detention camps at the border. You know, corporations should not be should not legally be counted as individuals. Giant corporations roam the earth, making people into serfs. Corporate politics is only free speech because money talks. I, I just... I, I'm, I'm just speechless at how prescient this man was. And the thing is, is he was a man of ideas. These were all good ideas. I don't think there was anywhere in his platform where he was trying to rile up fear in people about mm-hmm. you should be afraid of people with varying sexual preferences well, you see, or different colored skin or the Russians. Because clearly Ralph Nader doesn't want to live in a Machiavellian you know, style government, <laughs> straight up, dude. Like, he doesn't want to live in a country where you control people and you control them through fear or through taking what they have, yeah. you know, or making sure that they're kept down. And and that's what's happening right now. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely fucking wild. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Ralph Nader was the man. Yeah. Rehabilitation, not incarceration. Yeah, there's so much, like, uh, obviously, that we're going to be unpacking throughout this experiment. No pack money. I, really, I mean, I, it, I, if we haven't been clear about it, that's kind of the biggest thing is that we can't, yes. we can't let corporations have free speech. Here's the reason why. Citizens like you and me who have one vote, we die. Mm-hmm. You know, after whatever, like 80, give or take years, we're, we're just going to die. But a corporation will be alive forever. Mm-hmm. It'll pass on to new wealthy people, new shareholders, new board members, and they're always going to have their tentacles into our representatives. I'm doing air quotes there. Yeah. Because these people need the corporate money to get into office, and then the corporations will hand them legislation and say, hey, I did you a favor. Now it's your turn. Pass the law to give me a tax cut or a loophole or better rights. They're straight up quid pro quo. It is literally a bribe, and there's no no bones about it they all do it yeah like because it's legal they all do it i think uh you know however you feel about aoc had a really interesting video where she kind of went down the line in some kind of hearing where she's like okay under citizens united can i do this the interviewer said yes can i do this and it was Mm -hmm. just it was a whole laundry list of things that are by definition a bribe Mm -hmm. 
Like, you wouldn't want someone to be able to go to your boss and bribe them to fire you, right? So why would you want people running your country be able to take bribes to deprive you of your rights to clean air? Of, you know, your, like, life and liberty and, you know, pursuit of happiness. And there's this notion that, like, oh, government sucks. It can't do anything. Should it be big? Should it be small? It should work for us. It should just work for the people. That's the whole point. It should just be for us. It It needs to stop being about the fucking rich people. Yeah. And the way you do that is you you stop having career politicians. You start taking mm-hmm. the money away from them. Yeah. You know, you you literally just be a fucking representative of what your people want. Yeah. That's Take it. Take polls. Go home. Listen to them. Talk yeah. about what is important to them. You're just, a, you know, and... Like, I seriously don't think the people of Oklahoma were like... 80% in favor of there should be more fracking in our state. Hey, representative, go to Washington and tell them that we need to have more fracking. We need fracking. For example. Yeah. Like, that is not what the people of Oklahoma wanted. That is what a few people who work in the industry wanted. Yeah. And what the corporate interests Because every, everyone for. getting paid baby money talks. Yeah. You know, and, and, and like, like, I, uh, like Nader had said, he's, you know, this whole notion of Corporate politics is only free speech because money talks. There's a problem there. Those people don't have your best interest in heart. They have the bottom line at heart. Yeah. We need a government that works for us. And I think as it should be coming clear to you, the listener, accountability on all accounts, money out of politics and term limits. I wouldn't mind uh, removing the profit incentive from journalism. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As well, just so we can start getting more informed. Uh, You know, there's a laundry, like a wish list of things that I would love to see happen in the country, but nothing can happen until you get the corruption out. Yeah. It's like a... uh, It's like a cut in a part of your body where you have a... uh, What do you call this? A bend? Sure. You know, if you have like a cut on your finger, oh, on a joint, like a on knuckle, a joint, knuckle there you go. Yeah, yeah. You know, it keeps opening because you keep moving it. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to cauterize that shit, baby. Yeah, <laughs> we need to burn that motherfucker closed, <laughs> please. And now, if we're gonna get anywhere, yeah. And we can't pretend to have answers, but I think we keep coming back to the point that we have a lot more in common than we have. Uh, you know, indifference, and we're we're kind of letting the ruling classes and the political classes get us worked up over the wrong stuff. Exactly, because Democrat, Republican, Green, Reform, whatever, our biggest problem, our issue, is the the ultra wealthy mm-hmm. paying, um, and that includes you know people and corporations, the ultra wealthy who are paying their way into getting more kickbacks and more ways to screw the American middle. The regular person out of a, a successful career like you would have had in the 40s. Or just out of a living with, with dignity. Yeah. Like, it's so weird how the... So, so like, Ross Perot and Ralph Nader both oppose NAFTA. Yeah. Right, and people are like, oh, NAFTA, trade agreement. Trade is good, right? Free mm-hmm. trade. It mm-hmm. sounds good. Like, those bills always have a nice name. The reality is that it allowed the outsourcing of jobs. You know, we lost, uh, what, hundreds... I forget the number, like maybe, maybe half a million American manufacturing jobs to Mexico because of that deal. So, you know, and like Clinton was the one who signed it. So you could blame liberals for it if you wanted to, but it would have been signed by either, you know, 
it doesn't matter. It didn't matter who won. That deal was yeah. going to get signed because it was in corporate interest to be able to hire cheap non-U.S. labor and not have to pay health benefits or retirement benefits. Like, yeah, that's what it is. It's the race to the bottom. That's why our wages get suppressed here. You think, mm-hmm. oh, our wages haven't kept up with inflation. Well, it's because they can just they can take it overseas. We signed a trade deal. Exactly. Like they can close your factory and hire people in Mexico who aren't going to go on strike or try to form a union to get a exactly. living wage and benefits. And that's what we had in the you know after the new yeah. deal. Like that was the whole point is. Those were good things. Like, sure, there were problems with it. There were excesses. People don't like the idea of being forced to pay dues, but it was for your representation. That was for your place at the table. And since Reagan started busting up the unions, we've kind of lost our place at the table as the working class. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So, you good? Yeah, I think I'm good. I'm think, sure. I think that's a good. I, I, you know, it's, a lot of the times they're going to end bleak. I'm sure. Yeah, and it, and it's so hard to synthesize everything that we want to cover. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like I said, like as we have said, this is a learning process. Yeah. And I've learned so much about fucking Ross Perot and Ralph Nader yeah. that this was totally fucking worth it. And I really encourage you to as well, especially if you weren't around for it. Like, Correct. Look, look yeah. at history. You know, you know, really size it up because I think we can all agree that W had problems. Clinton had problems. There's always things that history will teach us about policy. Uh, you know, once we get about 10 years out from it, we can start to see the effects. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can see the kind of missed opportunities at the same time. And... You know, goddamn it, let's take back this fucking country. Really? Uh, please. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, if you've made it this far, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Uh, thanks for hanging in there with us and have these conversations with you know your, your loved your ones, friends, your, your friends, your coworkers. Be civil. Be yeah. willing to listen. Yes. And, uh, you know, don't. It doesn't have to come to blows or nastiness. Just have a conversation. Yeah, because we all... Talk about it. Yeah, we got to learn for ourselves, and we got to learn what each other are thinking and feeling, and find the common ground. Empathy is important. Yeah. Get out of the echo chamber. Really, just challenge challenge yourself to something. And learn. Yeah, so thanks for listening. I'm Zach. I'm Wade. And this has been the Noise Central Podcast. You can email us at noisecentralpod at gmail.com.